Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I'm Renee, she is Tam. Hello. Hello, Miss Tam. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Renee? I'm doing fantastic. You know what? You'll be surprised that I haven't been to Vegas in about a week. Only a week? Yeah, it's only been a week, but I think that's why I feel like I'm coming down with something because uh, (laughs) when I'm not in Vegas, I get sick. So, Renee, let me understand what you just said. You're allergic to not partying. Uh, Probably so. Maybe that might be it. (laughs) Okay. Well, I will tell you an interesting fact. And for our listeners, I grew up a severe asthmatic. I pretty much lived at Children's Hospital because I was always having an asthma attack. As I got older, my number of times that I had asthma attacks decreased. However, it wasn't until I moved to Las Vegas where I almost, I guess you can say, was cured of asthma. There's something about the desert and the dry heat where when I moved there, when I was 17, I was a freshman in college at 17. I never had an asthma attack again. Wow. That, How about that? You know what? That's a very interesting because I also grew up being asthmatic as well, where I was literally like um, uh, hospitalized a couple of times for it when I was younger. It's amazing that I even continuously living in Houston, Texas at the time. I almost seemed like to grow out of it, but I still stayed in the same city. But I noticed as I've been in Southern California now, maybe for the last 11 years, but then obviously the weather is completely different from Southern California to Houston, Texas. And I know exactly what you're talking about, because even moving here to Southern California, I even felt a difference. It's just like when the pollen or somehow the weather changes so quickly, it seems like it affects me more. But uh, that's a pretty interesting fact about you as being that bad of an asthmatic, because it sounds like you were more terrible with it than I was. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm happy to report. No more asthma (laughs) as of now. Oh, good. So... Renee has already let us know he did not party this weekend. And unfortunately, neither one of us made it to Sonoma, which was our original plan. We did not make it to Sonoma because duty called and Renee had to actually do some real work. So that was one of the reasons why he didn't make it to Las Vegas. And I did not make it, or excuse me, one of the reasons, well, I guess one of the reasons why you didn't make it to Las Vegas as well as Sonoma is because you had to work. I didn't make it to Sonoma as planned. It's a whole long story, but I won't go into it because I won't bore you guys with the details. But I will say I wanted to give a shout out to Buick. Buick, I let them know that we were going to be going down to Sonoma for the race. And they said, well, hey, we can give you a loaner if you want to drive down. And I said, hey, sounds like a plan to me. Awesome. Now, I did not drive that Buick LaCrosse, which is what they left us to drive down to Sonoma. But I did drive to Santa Barbara. Now, we always talk about how beautiful California is. Santa Barbara is definitely beautiful. It is. I've been there and it is amazingly beautiful. There's just something about California, but I'm not going to even go on. And I don't want our listeners to be envious of us. So I'm going to leave that alone. But I will say this. I was in a kind of a pickle, as you can say. Can uh-huh. you be in a pickle? I don't you, know. Where you could be that... in a pickle. <laughs> well, how about in a pickle jar? Definitely I think in a that's pickle the jar. Way... 
<laughs> okay, so I was kind of in a pickle jar. So I did not make it to Sonoma as originally planned. I mean, I'm going to be honest, as of 3 a.m. on Sunday morning, I was still thinking like, dude, I should just drive to Sonoma. Then I was like, but wait, why would I drive five, six hours for a three-hour race? I was like, this makes no sense. I finally got it in my head that me going to Sonoma was not going to happen. Because I had this Buick LaCrosse, I said, well, I guess I should just put it on the highway. And that's how I ended up in Santa Barbara. But as I was saying, I was in a pickle jar because I didn't want to miss the race on Sunday, but I knew I needed to kind of get on the road if I was going to go. So you guys have an ideal Los Angeles to Santa Barbara is roughly about an hour and a half, depending on how you drive. I've watched probably the first 15 laps of the race. Mm -hmm. And I said, dude, I have our Fox Sports Go app. I have DirecTV app. I have everything. And then I said, oh, and that Buick LaCrosse had free Sirius XM radio. I turned on my phone. So I had the Fox Sports Go app so I could listen to Jeff Gordon, DW, all the guys in the booth. And then I also had Sirius XM. So MRN was running. For the most part, I listened to the race and I shouldn't even admit this, but at one point it was so much traffic. I literally was stopped. I glanced really quickly at the phone to see what was going on. But aside from that, I listened to the race all the way to Santa Barbara. So although I did not physically attend Sonoma and I did not watch it at home on TV, I felt like I was at the race. Well, that's a, and, that's a, that's a lot better than what I, I, I did. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. And one last thing I will say, because I'm sure you guys are curious about how the ride went. The Buick LaCrosse is all right. At first glance, I was like, because oh, if you know, I drive a two-seater. I love my car. But the Buick LaCrosse, it handled well. The only thing that kind of got on my nerves, but I guess is a good thing, is that they have these driver assist safety packages. And the car, the seat actually vibrates if you get too close to another car. It's like a warning thing. So it is most excellent in that respect. But because I'm old school, I don't like a lot of extras. I don't want the rear view camera thing. I don't like all the bells and whistles. But the Buick LaCrosse had every bell and whistle that you can imagine. Oh, so it was a great awesome. little car. So let's jump into some NASCAR talk because I know you guys are like, what? I want to hear about Santa Barbara because you're in probably Charlotte or someplace that doesn't have a beautiful beach like we do. Yeah. Okay. Your guy who you pick every week who you did not pick this week I actually know. won the race. I know. And I'm sitting there watching that going, really? Like, really? Really, Kevin? This is the day that you decide that you want to win a race. <laughs> Something, a race that I never thought that he would even, I figured Kevin would probably come in the top 10. Like I really honestly did. I was like, okay, Kevin's probably going to win maybe top five, but he's not going to win this race. And then he comes in winning this race and I'm going like, Kevin, like, this is how you're going to do me. I pick you almost every week. And then the one week that I don't pick you, you're going to make me look like that. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. Well, he made you look bad, but he was happy. Yeah, oh, because he was happy. And I'm so excited for that team, Tam, to be honest with you. This is, I think, uh, something that's way overdue. You know, Kevin Harvick should have won a race a long time ago, at least maybe two by now. But the fact that he actually pulled Sonoma off is just, it's amazing. Because I, I really think that seeing Kevin Harvick back in the winner's circle, I don't know, you never know. Th- this could like also rattle off a couple of wins for him as well. 
I totally agree with you. It was great seeing him in the winner circle. And I do think he is going to win another race before we hit the playoffs. Yeah. Interesting. We talked a little bit about this. And shout out to everyone who jumped in our Twitter party. For our listeners, if you are on Twitter, every Monday we kicked off this past Monday with our Twitter party. So we'll be doing a Twitter chat every single Monday talking about the race. One of the questions that we posed to you guys was, should cup drivers run in the K&S series? Kevin Harvick actually ran in the K&N series this week, which so happened was at Sonoma, and he won. Some fans were a little upset. Renee, do you think that cup drivers should run in K&S? Oh, boy. I don't know if this is maybe something that can kind of... um be compared to should cup drivers do, you know, formula racing, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think I personally see a problem with it, maybe as much as some other fans do, but I kind of understand why some fans probably don't like it. I personally don't see a problem with it, Tim. I don't know. Do do you feel like this is something that that they should stay away from? I don't really care one way or the other, because honestly, from speaking with someone who is, you know, a NASCAR guy, he told me the drivers don't care. So if the drivers don't care, I don't care. And when I first saw the fans were a little upset about it, first thing I thought was, is that, wow, these guys that are running in the K&S series have an opportunity to race against the best. Now, in order to be the best, a lot of times you have to learn from the best. Right. It's a learning experience. But, you know, we can go on and on. As I always say, NASCAR fans are always mad about something. So I guess we can leave that <laughs> right there. One thing you did allude to, and I wanted to jump back in and talk about, you mentioned how you were so happy for the team, for Stuart Haas, for yeah. Kevin Harvick, that crew. How about Clint Boyer? My yeah. man. Your buddy, he man. He came in second. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, was it was it him and Keselowski that were running hard for that second place, I believe? Yeah. Well, Brad came in third. Really quick, I'll give you the top 10 since yeah, okay, we'll go ahead we've and do that. already given you the top three. Kevin Harvick first. Clint Boyer was second. Brad Keselowski third. Uh, I want to say Kenny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin was fourth. Kyle Busch was fifth. Your boy, everybody's boy. We love him. Dell Jr. was six. Kurt Bush was seventh. Chase Elliott was eighth. Ryan Blaney, ninth. And tenth, Jamie McMurray. Some notables really quick. Paul Menard just missed the top 10. He came in 11th. Joy Logano, who was still kind of bouncing back, came in 12th. Jimmy Johnson, who finally won a stage, came in 13th. Mm-hmm. Danica, and we'll jump into some Danica talk. I feel like every week lately we're talking about Danica. Danica came in 17th, and that's actually not bad considering she was the accident queen Yes, at Sonoma. I know. Okay. We'll get into that in a minute. My pick to win, Matt Kenseth, came in 20th. Boris said, who was filling in, he came in 29th. And if you recall, Boris was filling in driving for Richard Petty in lieu of Eric Amarola, as well as Bubba Wallace, who had filled in prior to. Boris didn't do as well as everyone hoped, but he did finish. 
Alain Day came in 32nd, and Alain is first driver from Israel to run in NASCAR. AJ Armendinger, who many put a lot on him possibly running well at Sonoma because people think he's this road course specialist, when in fact he's done very well at Watkins Glen, but Sonoma is not really his track. He came in 35th, and guess what? The Stage King, and that's his new nickname, coined by moi, Tam, Martin Truex Jr., he came in 37th. Yeah, you know, he won the first two stages and didn't even finish the race. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say that. That's what I was going to say when uh, we were both going to try to uh, talk there at the same time. I wanted to say that how proud I was to see Jimmy Johnson finally win a stage <laughs> uh, in a race. But I was just going to say it doesn't even come close to how Martin Truex Jr. is such a stage king because this guy, as well as Kyle Larson, you know, they win all these stages. Trix Jr. didn't even finish the race. And I'm like, <laughs> didn't dude. <even> finish. <laughs> but look at the points he racks up by winning those stages. Renee, I wasn't even going to say anything about it. But since you brought it up, I will read off the standings. Typically, we only read the top five. But I think I'm going to go a little deep into the standings. Because with the stage king, Martin Truex, having won so many stages, you'll be surprised to find out what place he's in. Larson is still holding down the top spot in the standings. Truex is second. Harvick is third. Bush is fourth. Brad Kozlowski is fifth. And Jimmy Johnson, who actually won three races, is only in seventh. Amazing. You know, he's, Absolutely yeah, and that's, that's pretty much because he's only won one stage. Now, we haven't given you guys an update on this. Since we're talking about it, I'm going to give you guys a quick update on the playoff situation. Right now, there are, what, 10 drivers who have actually won races. Truex is the number one spot, and that's because he has two wins and he's won 11 stages. Kyle Larson has two wins and he's won three stages and he's in number two. And this is in order for the playoffs. I don't know if that's a little bit confusing. I just told you guys about the standings and that's point standings, but now I'm giving you the order in terms of how the playoff picture is shaping up. Like I said, Larson has two wins in three stages. Jimmy Johnson has three wins, but he's only won one stage, so he's in third place. Brad Keselowski's in fourth with two wins and two stage wins. Kevin Harvick is actually in fifth. And why Kevin is in fifth is because, yeah, now he's won a race, but he had three stage wins. Yeah, I I have figured that it has something to do with the stage wins that he had. Yeah. Now, Kyle Busch, and Kyle Busch for a second was winning a lot of stages. And I mean, he's still, I guess, technically in second place in regards to the amount of stage wins. He's won four stages, but he has not won any races. And that's why he's in sixth place. Ryan Blaney actually won one race and he has won three stages. So he's in seventh. What's interesting is Chase has not won, as in Chase Elliott has not won any races. He's in eighth place, but he has two stage wins. And what is keeping him in that top 10 is because he has a lot of bonus points for being one through 10 in terms of when they come in for stages. Right. And I hope all this makes sense. Kurt Busch is in ninth. He has one win, no stage wins. 
Ryan Newman won a race, no stages. He's in 10th place. Ricky Stenhouse also won a race, no stage wins. He's in 11th, similar to the last three or four people I just ran off. Austin Dillon's in 12th place, and that's because he's won one race, but no stage wins. Denny Hamlin in 13th, no wins, two stage wins. Jamie McMurray is hanging in there. He doesn't have any stage wins or race wins, and he's in 14th. Joy Logano, remember he had one win, but it was ruled encumbered, so that does not count in regards to points in the playoffs. So Joy is barely hanging on in 15th place, and he has one stage win. Clint Boyer, my man, the self-proclaimed redneck, not my words, his word. Clint is hanging on and he has the last spot at 16th place, but Clint has no wins and no stage wins at all. But he's raced in the top 10 a lot this season, so that's why he's hanging on. And last but not least, guess who's not in playoffs if they started today? That would be Danica Patrick, I would imagine. Oh, we already know Danica, but somebody else is not in. Yeah, that would be Dale Jr., actually. And guess who else is not in? Um, Who do I talk about every week aside from Clint Boyer? Oh. He's my quiet assassin. Yeah, Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth is not in. Wow. That's mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. And and especially for Dale Jr., because considering the fact that this is his uh, farewell tour, it obviously doesn't seem like it was going exactly the way he wanted now, the fact that he You're actually- talking about Junior or Matt? Dale Jr. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let's talk about some Dale Jr. Uh, because, like I said, this being his farewell tour, it obviously doesn't seem like it was going the way he planned. Uh, but the fact that he finished in the top 10 at Sonoma is very encouraging. Only because in the sense of like, for Dale Jr. Nation, you want this to be kind of somewhat of a stepping stone for the next several races. Because, Tim, we're already coming down the second half of almost a full season of NASCAR races. So, And it seems like it's going by so quickly. You hope that Dale Jr. and his crew can somewhat get something together so he can rattle off maybe a few top fives maybe a couple of wins, at least one win, you hope, and uh, see himself getting into the playoff because I personally want to see this guy in the playoff when the playoffs start. We all want to see him. Yeah. Like I don't want to remember Dale Jr.'s last season winless. Right. And speaking of that, wasn't there some article? I know he came out in some press conference and he made some statements about how he wanted to be remembered. Yeah, we, you know, it was it was a part of an interview that he did right after Sonoma where they were just asking him in general and they were alluding to how he finished, you know, in the top 10 and just what, what he felt like, you know, the fans could take away from his career uh, from some of these, uh, not just any race in general, but a lot of these road courses that he's done over the years. And, and he kind of just was talking about just in general about how his whole career has turned out. And he was saying that how he felt like he hopes that when the whole thing is said and done and at the end of the day, not so much what he's done in his career, but did he leave a good impression on the sport as he walks away and who he was as a person? Was Dale Jr. enough to make people want to continue to watch NASCAR when he's gone. I thought that spoke volumes in a sense of as a person of who he is. We all know the kind of person that he is off the racetrack, Tam, with his live periscopes and and videos that he does. He's so entertaining. I love him on Twitter. We all love him on Twitter. He's so entertaining in every aspect of social media that 
I think that this just speaks of volumes on who he is as a person. And I think people will continue to watch NASCAR when he's gone. And I think Dale Jr. Nation will, will continue to live even after he's gone. Let's hope so. I mean, the Intimidators fan base followed. Oh, absolutely. Junior. Absolutely. But let's see what happens when Junior leaves. We've already established that they're definitely not going to root for Jeffrey Earnhardt. I almost feel like Jeffrey is just there existing. Yeah. And it it is all going to be contingent on who gets in that number 88. Like this right here. I mean, Jordan over at SB Nation. He alluded to something we've talked about a little bit. Well, not alluded. He kind of just came out and talked about the elephant in the room about Matt Kenseth getting in the 88. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen only because Matt Kenseth is closer. He's the oldest guy on the track right now, I believe. Yeah, he might be. Yeah, because he's like 44, 45. So I think he's closer to retirement. I wouldn't be mad if Matt Kenseth got in the 88, but I don't really see it happening. Yeah. But it's just going to be interesting how the sport survives. And I can use that word survive after Dell Jr. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I tell you something, I think, and, and I'm going to throw another driver in here because I know we wanted to talk about it, but um, it's a completely different opposite end of the spectrum when you when we talk about Danica Patrick and her possibly leaving the sport, maybe her possibly retiring. And if everybody remembers, the, Danica and, and uh, Dale Jr. actually collided at one point in the Sonoma race. And I think Danica, it seems like every week she's <laughs> she's having a wreck of some sort. It's almost like I'm I'm speechless. Like I, I I can't even come up with any words to describe the kind of luck that she's having right now because it, it, it is just not very good. And and I know we're always talking about is she gonna retire? Is she not gonna retire? Is she thinking about leaving? You know, she's talked about leaving. There was an article written about her about a winery that she opened up uh, out in Napa Valley. Now, what's interesting is that she's she's been building this up for the the, the last several years. I think since back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, according to the article, that's actually when she bought the property. And from what I understand, you know, it's actually turned out really, really good for her. And she talked about it in this article a little bit, uh, Tam, to where she's just like, well, I, I didn't want this just to be, you know, something that another celebrity stamps their name on it. And is it good? Is it not good? It can't be really that good because usually, you know, when a celebrity stamps their name on anything, it's just like a, an endorsement of something. But she really really is involved in this winery of hers, uh, Tim, and it's actually gotten a good rating. I mean, the wine itself, I think they got, she got like a 91 out of 100 points uh, of of rating in that wine. So you know it's got to be good. I mean, I'm not a wine connoisseur. I mean, I do like a little sangria every once in a while, but 91 out of 100, I mean, yeah, exactly. Wow. I think Danica has been preparing for retirement this entire year. Mm -hmm. It's ironic that we're even talking about this because the guys in the booth, DW and Jeff Gordon, on the broadcast, they were asked point blank that they think that this was going to be Danica's last race on Fox in the cup car. And without hesitation, DW was like, yes, I feel like the writing is on the wall. And you mentioned the accidents If it really wasn't for bad luck, would she have any luck? She's always in the wrong place in the wrong time. Some of these accidents are not even her fault. But the fact that she is there is almost like the universe is lining up, giving her a message to get out the car. Yeah. Now, some people would say 
you push through. I don't know because it's too much. It's too many accidents. And, and then not only did she get into it with Dale, then later on she got into it with her with her hubby. Yeah. With Ricky Stenhouse. I know. And that which was, knocked him out the race completely. I know. It, was, it didn't look like a, a hard hit. But when they hit, you could tell, wow, that that was hard. <laughs> I yeah, mean, well, major damage to uh, Stenhouse's car, big time. Well, speaking of hard hits, apparently Eric Amarola is saying he's coming back in three to five weeks. Yeah, he wants to come I, back to him. I, I don't blame I him. Don't, I do, because my thing is, like, dude, you you hit a vertebrae. You This is serious. Yeah, you know what? I say, five weeks, I say sit out. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening, to be honest with you. I say sit it out and relax and heal the back because he's still in a situation where he can't even twist and turn that much. So if you can't twist and turn now, three to five weeks is nothing. You know how long it took me to recover from when I had back surgery? I didn't even, I was on a walker for one month. And again, technology is a little bit different, but I will tell you one thing is that you don't hear me complaining the way you hear, uh, what's the coach for the Golden State Warriors? Uh, Kerr. Yeah, Steve Kerr. Yeah, Kerr, he's been in and out. You don't hear me complaining like Tiger Woods, who's had three or four surgeries. So I'm just saying there's something to be said about sitting your tonky-onky down. And that was definitely a Southern slang word. Right. And Sit your tonky onky down <laughs> and relax and heal. Exactly. Because you know? as a race car driver, you understand just, just the affection that they have to, to want to race, you know, that, that motivation that they have. And speaking of somebody wa- wanting to come back or maybe not wanting to come back, your boy Carl Edwards, you know. Oh God, I wanted to talk about Carl. They, he is chilling. Exactly. They keep asking. Well, he was there at Sonoma and they're asking him, hey, look, you know, rumors and this and that we heard that. And he's like, look, I'm not even thinking about racing. I'm enjoying life. <laughs> I'm not going to call him a bold faced liar, but when you're not thinking about racing, you're not at the track. Absolutely. How many times has he been Absol- at the track? Oh, come on. Absolutely. Okay, I, I exactly. Agree with you and my 100%, point is, is that we already know what really is the situation. We don't really talk about the NASCAR rumor mill, but we have talked about it off air and we already know what's going on. Carl Edwards will be back in a cup car next season. Thank yeah. you very much. We can just, <laughs> we can drop the mic and leave it yes, right there. Absolutely. Because now where he's going to end up at is the question because there's the rumor mill. He may be going to Hendrick. I don't know if he may go to Hendrick. He may go back to Joe Gibbs, but I'm not quite sure how he would go back to Joe Gibbs because where is there an opening car? Right. But yeah, it's going to happen. One thing we did not talk about, oh, road courses. You know what? I'm shocked. We have gotten through most of this podcast without saying two things. One, when we talked about Danica, we didn't say, we're not Danica. Haters, Haters we're just not Danica fans. fans. Exactly. I'm shocked we didn't say that. I think I maybe maybe we're feeling a little different about Danica. <laughs> well, maybe we feel sorry for her now. No, I I don't know. Maybe it's just that I think we see that she is um like what you said a few minutes ago. If it wasn't bad luck, it doesn't seem like she would have any luck. But 
I guess maybe we don't want to kick somebody when they're already down. And uh, okay, it, it, and it, that's what you're gonna say. We just not gonna yeah, kick her while she's already down. Right, right. We're gonna we're gonna have okay. some some sympathy here for her, just as if it was for any <laughs> driver. Because I feel bad for her fans, really, honestly. You know, I mean, because there are Danica Patrick fans that are out there, and to see her from a fan standpoint. It's got to be disappointing to to watch her each and every week just kind of like have this kind of luck. It, it, it's horrible. But uh, going back to what you were just talking about a few minutes ago about, you know, NASCAR trying to get more road courses. Well, that was the second thing uh, I was going to say, Renee. Yeah. What I was going to say is we went through most of the episode without saying that we don't like road courses yeah and that's not why we, we didn't don't like road courses exactly <laughs> yeah and no that's exactly what you just said that's not why we didn't make it to sonoma it just was what it was well it's been all this talk about the rovo as charlotte interesting enough from what i read the ratings were down and they were down down for mm. sonoma these road courses are being added next season because apparently fans want it, but uh, clearly they don't want it that much because they're not even watching when we have road courses. Yeah. And the Rovo situation is just going to be interesting anyway. From talking to a couple of fans on Twitter, people seem to not be excited about them taking Charlotte and making it a road course yeah. roval oval thing. They should probably just go to Wisconsin and race at Road America at that track as opposed to doing the roval. Yeah. I don't know. Or even Daytona would be interesting because Daytona is supposedly yeah. the you, you know that. yeah, that's actually the weird. capital of racing in the world or whatever the slogan is for Daytona. So why not do something at Daytona as opposed to Charlotte. But yeah, and you, and you know what? You said something that's very interesting is the fact that the fact that they that NASCAR wanted to make more road courses and the fact that the ratings were down, it's hard to like see how that would be possible because as you know, as what we were going to talk about too is the camping world is also having financial issues. I look at the camping world races and there are like nobody in the stands. Yeah. And they come on TV and I always think to myself, like, I guess it's the TV money that keeps them afloat. But, uh, you know, one thing I want to say about ratings, one pet peeve I have is that ratings are low, but nobody ever talks about the fact that maybe they're low because they're on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Business Channel. Like, how do you expect fans, if you don't have cable... Then yeah. how are you going to watch the race? And we've said this over and over again. I think on many you know, episodes. Like if the race was on Fox or NBC as in the regular channels, people would watch. Yep. Now, I do think that just in a whole, the sport is probably declining and people are losing interest for whatever reason. But I also think that the network's that the programming comes on plays a key role in it. Like, do you know, I didn't discover that there was a Fox Sports 2, or at least that I had Fox Sports 2 for a long time. Like, I, I like to watch Colin Coward on Fox Sports 1 on The Herd. And he actually had said that he was going over to Fox Sports 2. And I was like, Fox Sports 2? I Googled it and was like, oh, I guess I do have Fox Sports 2. Yeah, I didn't so, know that there was a Fox Sports 2, but I didn't really put much attention to it because I don't watch it at all. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> one note, shots to Tom Jensen. 
Sorry to hear the news. And Aaron Torres, who's one of my good friends for that matter. Uh Both of them were writers for FoxSports.com. And apparently FoxSports.com was like they're overwriting. So it's all about videos. So there's no more NASCAR on FoxSports.com on their website. I mean, there's NASCAR, but it's videos and they're old videos. It's like some new videos mixed in with old videos. I'm not quite sure who decision that was, but I just think it's ridiculous not to have any written text yeah. and to only do videos, but that's just me. Yeah, and you know what? And I remember we were talking about this off uh, off air, Tam, but uh, you said when you actually go to the website, like the first couple of videos are videos from last year at whatever track that they were at. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to, if you're just going to do videos, you got to have some kind of organization of uh, how your videos are going to come up on your website. I'm going to leave it at that. You said it perfectly. Well, I guess it's time for our fan comment of the week and some predictions. Renee, I don't even know where to begin with our fan comment of the week. I feel like I really want to talk about something from our Twitter party. But of course, I feel bad because we haven't read anything from the NASCAR Reddit board in a long time. And you guys know I love the NASCAR Reddit board. You You know what? Because we want you guys to be encouraged to check out our Twitter party each week. I guess I should read a quote from, from the Twitter chat. Let's do it. Let's see. I found a comment from our Twitter chat on Twitter. And I am going to go with an answer to a question that we put out there. And the question was, will Dale Jr. win a race in his farewell season? Hashtag NASCAR talk. Kyle, user at S-C-M-B-E-N-Z. So I'm thinking that's something Benz. He says, no, he's driving too conservative to win. Just getting through the season. Don't want to get hurt again. That was what Kyle said. So another one of our Twitter followers jumped in, and this comes from Kenneth Lee, user at Front Row Kenny. And shouts to Kenny because he's actually a part of the NASCAR diversity program, and we're diverse, so of course, we're all about that. Kenny writes, I think he has a shot somewhere, maybe Daytona, Pocono, or Dega, not sure where else, honestly. I think Dale has established himself as a restrictor plate racer. And we'll kind of jump into that when we talk about Daytona and our predictions. And most people just assume that he's going to win at a place like Daytona or Dega because it's restrictor plates. I'm rooting for him, but I'm not quite sure if he can win at either or if he can win a race this season. Some other people chimed in. Larry Lee and his user is at LBLEE58. He says, though I would love for him to go out with the win, I don't have high hopes he will do so. Tons of respect for him, nonetheless, and two thumbs up. Yeah. And let's pick one other comment. Panther Man. Oh, Panther Man. Okay, so this is one of our longtime listeners, followers. I've actually gone on his podcast, but his user is Don 
De La Rente, and that's D-O-N-D-E-L-A-R-E-N-T-E. And the reason why I didn't recognize him, because every week he changes his username. <laughs> so this week his username is Panther Man. And a lot of times his username are based on WWE stuff. He's a huge follower of wrestling. He chimed in and said, best bullet in the chamber is this weekend. And that was his answer in regards to whether or not Dale Jr. will win a race in his farewell season. And one last comment, and this comes from hashtag the big dog user at Dog Pound Inc. He said, if Dale wins, it will be now or Dega. Don't see him winning anywhere else. Yeah. So everybody seems to think that Dale is either going to win at Dega or in Daytona this weekend. Yeah. Uh, that sounds well, about, I'd have to agree with that, actually, tell you the truth. Okay, you guys just think Dale can only win at Restrictor Plates. Yeah. We'll see. He'll show you, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Look, hopefully. Okay, so let's jump into our predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Who you got? All this Dale Jr. talk has got my uh, Dale Jr. juices flowing. The fact that he had come in in the top 10 this past week, I thought was, like I said in uh, earlier, that I thought was encouraging. Now, I do not expect him to win. I would be most elated if he did win, but I do not see him winning. I do not even see him as my dark horse. So with that being said, I'm not going to pick Dale Jr. this week. Uh, wow, yes. shocking. I thought you really was going to I know, and, and, you know, and I want to, I want to because of all this talk that's, that we've been doing with Dale Jr., but I'm going to wait till possibly Dega to give him, you know, maybe a possibility to, to, to put in my predictions. But this week, I am going to go with, ah, boy, and I don't know whether to put him as my dark horse. I don't know whether to put him as my winner, but I am going to say that for my dark horse, I'm going to put Kevin Harvick because it wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Harvick wins this race next week. But I am going to put Jimmy Johnson as my winner this weekend. So I'm going to go with my boy Jimmy Johnson as the winner for this weekend. And I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick as my dark horse. Wow. Jimmy and Harvick. Yes. Harvick back to back. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. Before I give you my predictions, you know the routine. I always give you a little history. We run twice at Daytona each season. Once as the opener, you know, the Daytona 500, the end all to the be all. And then we run 4th of July weekend. These are the past 10 winners for the 4th of July weekend. Brad Keselowski won last year, 2016. 2015, Dale Jr. actually won. 2014 was Eric Amarola. 2013, Jimmy Johnson. 2012, my man. Ladies Love Smoke, Tony Stewart. 2011, Reagan actually won in 2011. How about that? 2010 was Harvick. 2009, Tony, as in Tony Stewart. 2008, Kyle Busch. 2007, Jamie McMurray. Interesting enough, I think, I feel like I interviewed Jamie McMurray somewhere. I, I interviewed him about five or six years ago, and I remember talking to him about that win in that, that yeah, wow. yeah that win some notables dale jr is actually a four-time winner in the cup series at daytona so that's why everybody thinks his chances are yeah. great to win but what you probably didn't know he's a six-time winner in the xfinity series 
Well, I did not know that. At Daytona. Yeah. And your pick to win, Jimmy Johnson, he's a three-time winner. Oh, and one other notable fact, and, you know, I like to look at statistics and patterns and things like that. We have Chevy, Ford, and Toyota. Chevy and Ford have pretty much dominated at Daytona. And I believe Chevy has won probably a little bit more races than Ford, but don't quote me on that. Toyotas do not run well at Daytona, just looking at the stats. Not at all. I think that is going to kind of help me with my picks for this week's race. I'm actually going to go with Chase Elliott to win. And here's why. Wow. Yeah, Chase is due for a win. The young guy, he's just kind of been teeter-tottering. Let's not forget, he sat on the pole his rookie year at Daytona. I think he could win at Daytona. I think Chase is going to eventually shape up to be a great restrictor plate uh-huh. racer, if he can stay out in front and out of all the madness. So I'm going to go with Chase Elliott to win. And my dark horse, and oh, Chase Elliott actually won last year the Xfinity race at Daytona I have good merit to go with him and I'm gonna go with Dell Jr. as my dark horse just because so those are my picks wow well there you go Tam has got uh, her predictions in if you'd like to uh, get your predictions into us please send your predictions uh, let us know who you think is gonna win if you think Dell Jr. is gonna actually pull this off we'd love to hear from you you can hit us up on our social media at turns no breaks on Twitter can also find us on Instagram and you can hit us up on our Facebook. You can find us on our uh, own personal social media as well. Uh, I'm at It's Renee Garcia across the board. And I am at I Am Sincerely Tam. There you go. And each and every week, we always appreciate you guys tuning in and we always love your support. If you know any NASCAR fans that love to hear and listen to NASCAR talk, please turn them on to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Please subscribe rate and review us. Please leave a comment. We really do appreciate that. For Tam and myself, thank you for listening. Be kind to each other and we will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 